What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. However, you're taking us in, we appreciate it. It's Gil Alexander, Brian Ortega. In for the vacationing. Is he vacationing? Jeff Parlay. What's think, he doing? I, maybe. I, I guess. We don't know. They just call me, I show up. Parlay was like, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, you're an absolute. When they say I have to work with Gil Alexander, I'm like, please. Uh, please? In a good way? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I enjoy you. it. I appreciate that. I enjoy you. Later, maybe some Brian Ortega entertainment recommendations. How about that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I watched a movie I forgot to tell you last week, so that's uh, good. I'm glad I got this opportunity to do it again. When Brian is here, we have to take advantage of his entertainment expertise, so we will do that later on the show. Paul Spore on baseball. I guess the biggest news since our departure on Friday, Fernando Tatis, 80-game suspension. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. JVT joins us. Jonathan Von Tobel, our senior NBA analyst. Because uh, we haven't talked about these rumors. Like, I try to stay away from all of these NBA shenanigans until something happens. Well, it's been a while. Let's talk to JVT about the latest rumors. KD to Philly. What Betsy's made in the NBA. Wes Reynolds will join us to talk golf. Uh, Matt Humans joins us as well. Oh, it's a VEASAN fest. Matt Humans, uh, the, the lead in both our college football and pro football guides, we'll talk his favorite college football bets, or some of his favorites. We don't give away everything in the uh, guides, but some of his favorites in college football and in pro football as well. Always nice to uh, catch up with Matt. I was mentioning Wes Reynolds. What, what a tournament yesterday, the first of the three FedEx Cup tournaments, uh, the FedEx St. Jude Challenge. Will Zalatoris wins it in a playoff against Sepp Straka, where just unbelievable if you missed it. Uh, third hole of the playoff, which was the 11th hole on the course. Will Zalatoris kept a ball dry. It had to be an act of God. It's the only way you can describe it. Was it six bounces on the stones? It stays dry. And then Sepp Straka, instead of playing it safe, puts his in the drink and like completely turns uh, from being a massive favorite to a massive dog at that point. Just incredible. Willie Z, you had Will Zalatoris, Brian, did you? I did, yes. What a sweat. I'm so happy. Good for you, man. So yeah, did good. so did Wes Reynolds. So did Matt Humans. That's right. I, I will listen to long shots. There you go. Oh, so you got it from them. There you go. Um, I ended up losing my uh, primetime action uh, one and done. I gave it a run with Colin Morikawa. Got close at the end. Literally our entire season of one and done in primetime action came down to the final two holes of our last tournament. Brutal. Anyway, I'll buy them dinner. 
talk about Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin. But what I really wanted to talk about, by the way, we will have tennis picks here coming up momentarily as well as they uh, start in Cincinnati, both on the men's and the women's side. Uh, we had a nice tournament in Montreal and Toronto last week. Nice winning week on the hard courts. We'll see if we can't uh, best that today. Four tennis picks coming up. But what I really wanted to talk about with this golf tournament, though, Brian, is that um, this really conjured up, from a sports betting perspective, this really conjured up memories of something that happened five years ago. In case you missed it, uh, yesterday, there was controversy with Cameron Smith. Cam Smith, the PGA Tour, penalized him two shots at the FedEx St. Jude on Sunday, yesterday, upon learning that he took a drop in the wrong place after hitting into the water on the par three fourth hole in the third round on Saturday. Here's the statement from the PGA Tour. Quote, prior to the start of the final round of the FedEx St. Jude Championship, Cameron Smith was assessed a two-stroke penalty for a breach of Rule 14.7. Oh, who doesn't know that rule? You know that rule, Brian, right? 14.7. Playing ball from the wrong place on hole number four during the third round as he was operating under Rule 17.1 when ball is in a penalty area. Smith's score has been adjusted, and he will begin the final round at 201, meaning nine under. So, just sort of stating that otherwise... Smith had signed for a 367 and was two shots behind the leader, J.J. Spawn, heading into the final round. But after the penalty, again, assessed the morning of the final round, he started the final round four strokes behind him instead of two strokes behind him. He finished the event, by the way, tied for 13th, shooting at even par 70 in the final round. The details, he had hit his tee shot onto the green, but it had bounced left into adjoining pond. He then took two clubs lengths of relief on his drop. His ball rolled back toward the water, settled with part of his ball on the red penalty area line, he played his third shot from there, nearly chipped his ball into the hole. Gary Young, the uh, chief ref for the PGA Tour, said they noticed his ball was close to the penalty area line during live action. Young, that's the official, talked to the rules official as a chief referee talking to the rules official. It was on the fourth hole, but it wasn't called over by Cameron Smith for a ruling. And the quote was, uh, from the uh, from the chief referee, it looked like his ball was awfully close to the line, but we felt comfortable that the player knew enough that he wouldn't play a ball that was touching the line of the penalty area. But then another member of the rules committee raised concerns about his drop after watching a rebroadcast, a rebroadcast of the third round, according to Young. Young then said that Smith's ball was close enough to the line that we decided we should probably talk to the player himself. And when they asked Cameron Smith about the situation on Sunday morning, he handled it like a gentleman. Smith said, yeah, my ball was definitely touching the line. Quote, he wasn't aware that no portion of the ball could be touching the penalty area line. He thought that if a portion of the ball was in the general area of the course, he was safe to play it. I took the news, as I said, like a complete gentleman, he said, and said the rules were the rules. Okay. Um, by the way, then there's other stuff. Then there's the conspiracy theorists. And this is, I'll get back to this. This is not what I was concerned with. But the conspiracy theorists are like, oh, well, he could have been, he could have been number one in the world. He's going to play live golf, according to all the reports. So this was the PGA Tours way of sticking it to him. I don't care about all that, whether you believe that or not. What I'm, from a gambling perspective, what I'm interested in is this conjures up the memory of five years ago. We were about a month into VEASAN. VEASAN was a month old at the time, literally a month, because we started at the end of February 2017. This was, I think, the beginning of April. There was an LPGA event, Lexi Thompson, some of you will remember that name. Lexi Thompson, we talked about this on air. At that time, Lexi Thompson, ahead of the field by three strokes with six holes remaining in some tournament, was approached by an LPGA official to inform her of the error that took place the previous day Saturday. Keep in mind, 
She was ahead of the field by three strokes with six holes remaining in the golf tournament. She was on her way to winning the golf tournament. And with six holes remaining, they come and say, hey, yeah, you messed up something on Saturday. At that time, this is 2017, she was given a two-stroke penalty for the incorrect placement and another two-stroke penalty for turning in an incorrect scorecard. Because golf is all about golf rules. And the mistake in that time was caught by a television viewer, a fan, if you recall this story. And we were, like, we were sitting here like just completely outraged. LPG officials reviewed the tape from the round after the fan tipped him off, which showed that she had placed the ball one inch away from her marker before a third-round putt. The ball was just one foot away from the cup, a total gimme. She did force a playoff, but then she lost in the playoff. Even like Tiger Woods got on it and like, was killing the tour for doing that. You're listening to a fan? Anyway, sometime after that, the golf, golf's governing body said, okay, even we recognize that a fan calling in something and then signing the wrong scorecard over something you didn't know happened and, and assessing that penalty in addition, those two things, we can't have that anymore. No fan should be allowed to do that, and we can't double it up with the, with the wrongly signed scorecard. So we did get rid of that, which is why yesterday Cam Smith was only assessed the two-stroke and not four-strokes because we got rid of the whole sign-the-wrong-scorecard thing. But my point is, from a gambling perspective, you cannot do this. We are betting on these things. It was one thing to do it in an LPGA Tour five years ago, where most people, if not, I don't know who was betting on that at the time, to be quite honest with you. But this is Cameron Smith in the FedEx St. Jude Championship, the first of the FedEx Cup three tournament arc. You, there has to be a statute of limitations on this. And I don't know if that statute of limitations is before the scorecard is signed, the day of the round in question, midnight of that day, or what happened yesterday before he tees off the following round. Whatever it is, that has to be defined. And if you're saying to yourself, oh, Gil, you see everything through a gambling perspective. I mean, you expect them to change all this stuff because of gambling? Yeah, I do. They did it then. They did it then. They, they were able to advance the game by saying, okay, yeah, a fan shouldn't be able to call this kind of infraction in. And yes, we shouldn't double up the penalty with a, with a uh, wrongly signed scorecard. They need, to, they need to set this in stone as well. And if you're like, if you're still not convinced, you know, the reason for, for holding them to the fire on this is as our buddy Jason Weingarten uh, tweeted yesterday on Spreadopedia, where he tweets from, of course, he said the PGA runs gambling commercials during golf. They have official gambling partners, and the Waste Management Open in Phoenix will have a sports book on site next year. It's a very bad look to assess one of the overnight betting favorites, a two-stroke penalty before the final round. Cameron Smith was the overnight betting favorite heading into the final round of this tournament. So people are betting rampantly on Cam Smith. Some people are. And only to find out they overpaid on something that wasn't what they thought they were betting on in the first place. We can't have that anymore. We just cannot have that. And by the way, golf is the one sport. I always say golf is, is the sport most ripe for a betting revolution. We'll see if it ever happens. But the reason that it's right for a betting revolution is part and parcel with the fact that it's a full pool of players playing over four days. No other sport, obviously, is like that. But because of those same reasons that makes it great for a betting revolution are the same reasons where you can't blame the sports book for not refunding anything yesterday. Because what are they supposed to do? Refund 
hundreds and hundreds of bets on wildly different things, all affected by this one thing. They can't do that. So you can't really point the finger at sports books. You have to point the finger at P, at the PGA Tour primarily, but get it together with sports books and set guidelines on this. The other sort of thing, and I remember we mentioned this five years ago with Lexi Thompson, and I'll stop on this. But what if the violation had happened in the final round? What if the violation had happened in the final round? We go ahead and award a trophy. We go ahead and award all the purses, including yesterday's massive $2.7 million first place purse for the FedEx St. Jude Championship. And then on Monday, are you really going to go back and do something about that? No, you're not. You're absolutely not going to do that after a trophy and the money's been handed out. And the points, by the way, towards the FedEx Cup. So if there's an inherent inconsistency already with that, then you know something's messed up. you got to get it together, PGA Tour. We'll come back. The tennis picks, Matt Humans, his favorite college football plays of the year, and NFL as well. Numbers game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account. To start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state of the art technology and fan friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a gambling problem. Problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Trevor Warwick. And, of course, I made a Cam Smith bet Sunday morning before the news. Trevor speaks for many. Jason Stark, although not that Jason Stark. He said, hey, Gil, I had Willie Z, 25-1 to preflop, thanks to uh, Matt Humans, but added Cam 4-1 to for a hedge on Saturday night. Lucky uh, Willie won, but not happy I lost part of my winnings to a rule they waited to apply for nearly 18 hours. PGA is crooked. It's all about LIV to them. I don't know about that last part, but they got to get it together. they got to standardize that. Chris Heath, should I feel guilty about cashing my Willie Z ticket? (laughs) No, you should not, Chris Heath. 
Uh, Doug Wedge, preach, Gil, preach. Also, the mental aspect of learning you were assessed a two-stroke penalty 30 minutes before you tee off probably ended up being even more, or even worse, rather, of a round for Cam because of that. Once all cards are signed at the end of a round, that should be it. Um, do, 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 do. James Spivey, one more. You're correct in saying there should be a time limitation on assessing a, a penalty. If not, you could review past events and charge, uh, change the outcomes. That's why I mentioned that part about the, you know, if it happens in the final round, you're not coming back today and saying, hey, can we get that $2.7 million back? We get that trophy back? You're not doing that. So that already is an inconsistency. Um, tennis picks real quick before we get to humans. Four tennis picks were in Cincinnati. Both the men and the women. Men were in Montreal last week. Women were in Toronto. Today, two on the women's side, two on the men's side. I think the Dimitrov one is out of whack. I don't think you can play that one anymore. But here on the women's side, I got Daria Kasatkina plus 106 against the American Amanda Nisimova. I don't think Kasatkina should be in plus money on that, more of a coin flip. So I got her at plus 106. Jill Teichman plus 104 against Patrick Vitova. The big dog, which is the one I feel the best about, John Jeffrey Wolf, J.J. Wolf at plus 173 over Emil Rusevori, and then the one I just uh, referenced. I don't think, I think this one might be out of range. Grigor Dimitrov, I got at minus 114 last night over Denis Shapovalov. I, you shouldn't play that if it's over minus 130, which I think it is now. Um, but we'll put all four of those in the newsletter. That's where I bet them. Uh, but don't play that last one if it's outside of the parameters. Matt Humans joins us, ladies and gentlemen. He's the co-host of The Edge, and he is the man most responsible for a collective effort at Visa to putting out these great guides, seemingly every sports season we have, but obviously primarily the most uh, major of North American sports. College football guide, which is out now from Visa, and the pro football guide, which is just around the corner. It's Matt Humans, everybody, our, our senior editor. How you doing, man? Hey, Gil. Um, up early today. Actually been up all night, um, so... Ready to talk some uh, football with you, but I'll tell you what, Steve Mackin and his crew in Wisconsin, they do a great job on these uh, college pro football guides as well. I want to say one thing about Cam Smith. I had rules of a chorus, obviously, but I hate the way the penalty was assessed. I think it's a a dumb rule, and uh, it was very unfortunate. I I feel bad for, uh, kind of feel bad for Cam Smith and the people who bet on him because I think that was nonsense, that whole situation. But I'll tell you this, too. And, you know, a lot of times you look at sports betting. Some people look at it as entertainment. Sometimes you get caught up in these uh, in these golf players, and it becomes an investment. I had Wills Alatoris. I was at Torrey Pines in late January, and I had him at 40-1. to 1, And he had the lead on the back nine, and he had that tournament in the throat, and he, he couldn't make a putt to close it out. He lost the playoff. I chased that kid all summer, <laughs> probably lost. I seriously did, because I, I knew he was going to win. Coming into the year, he was the guy I targeted. I said, this kid is going to win. So uh, I, I lost 11 futures bets on him until I finally hit this one over the weekend. I had to keep betting more because I was invested uh, so much in Wills Alatoris. I had to get to the point where I got a return on my investment, and I think it came out about five units ahead. But i, I got to tell you, it was a... Uh, it was a frustrating summer with uh, Willie Z. Isn't that it's, it's such gambling psychology, right? It's like the lottery player who plays the same numbers every day, and they like, if, if, God forbid, they don't play it the one day it hits. How many golfers do you do that with? <laughs> is, is, right. Was Willie Z the only guy you've do, you're doing that with, or do you have another nemesis like that? Uh, actually, I had um, <clears throat> excuse me had um, another player I hit on early in the season, and then Cameron Young became uh, another player. 
that I started to do that with after I watched him at the Genesis in L.A. And obviously Cam, Cameron Young's, I think, got four seconds and three-thirds. And I've, I'm probably down, I think, about seven bets on, on Cameron Young. But uh, he's going to win eventually. And, um, you know, I'm not too worried about that. But, I, you know, I, I typically go into a golf season and target one or two guys who I know are, are going to win. And I play those guys until they cash, and, and the strategies worked out uh, pretty well for the most part. You know, sometimes you get these guys like Willie Z that you have to chase for a long time, and it doesn't work out the way you hope. But um, you know, that's life, that's sports betting, and um, yeah. things don't always work out the way you want. Things don't always work out the way you want. That's for sure. All right, college yeah. football. You have a uh, a mess of season win totals. Obviously, we can't get to all of them. And uh, all of these, I would assume, are in the college football betting guide. But which are the uh, which are the two or three you feel best about? Which would you single out here? Yeah, and like you say, you were talking about the the tennis play where the number got away. Some of these win totals, the numbers are not there anymore, and that's why you know I, I wouldn't recommend Alabama anymore. I played Alabama over ten and a half minus two twenty five, and that's because. Uh, I thought that win total should have been set at 11 or 11 and a half, obviously. And uh, minus 225s uh, up to probably $3 at this point, dollars $2, $3. So not necessarily going to recommend that. Colorado under 3.5, you're not going to find the 3.5 anymore. I do like Kansas State over 6.5. And I had to lay $1.50 on K-State. But you'll remember a couple years ago, Adrian Martinez was attracting a lot of hype it was misguided hype, but in the uh, Heisman market, he was drawing a lot of money. And uh, his last couple of years in Nebraska have been a little bit disappointing. Had a problem with turnovers. He's now at Kansas State. He's Chris Kleiman's quarterback. Deuce Vaughn is the K-State running back. You've got, uh, I think, 15 starters back for the Wildcats. I like the way the schedule sets up for K-State. When I bet a team over the total in college football, I really have to believe in the head coach. I think Chris Kleiman's one of the best, most underrated coaches in college football. I played K-State over six and a half. Uh, Brian Kelly kind of falls into the same category for me. Uh, the last four years at Notre Dame, when Kelly was the betting favorite, the Irish went 40-1 and one straight up. He does not lose games that he's supposed to win. He's got three quarterbacks he can win with here. Brought in a ton of talent in the transfer portal. Uh, Brian Kelly over six and a half in his first year at LSU. I laid a dollar thirty on this, and uh, actually, about two weeks later, it was down to minus one ten. Hmm. But I think uh, from LSU contacts I've talked to, they feel like uh, the Tigers got a really good chance to win eight or more. So I like LSU over six and a half. And another one uh, I do like over, and I'll give you an underplay here in a minute. But uh, Ole Miss over seven and a half. It was one of my best bets last year. And it's uh, one of my favorite plays this year. The Rebels, minus 135 to go over. Lane Kiffin, whether you like him or not, he's an outstanding offensive coach. He killed it in the transfer portal. Probably, uh, I would say Ole Miss did the second-best job behind USC in terms of bringing in talent in the transfer portal. And that's one thing that's a little bit different when you handicap college football this year. Yeah. Don't overreact to the number of returning starters. Ole Miss has only got five starters back on offense. Matt Corral's gone to the NFL. I think that gives us value on this win total because uh, maybe odds makers or the betting market don't realize how much talent Ole Miss has gotten that offense. Jackson Dart, the transfer quarterback from USC, is incredibly talented. I like him just as much or more than Matt Corral in terms of his potential. 
think he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in college football over the next two years. And um, like I said, Kiffin brought in so much talent that the returning starters number is a little bit misleading. So I like Ole Miss over seven and a half, and I'll give you an under on Oklahoma. I know Chris, the Bear, Felica, who's on your show quite a bit, likes this as well. Sooners under nine and a half, minus 120. Brent Venables, the new coach. Dylan Gabriel is the um, is the uh, new quarterback for the Sooners. And I was trying to look up the number here real quick. But last year with uh, last year with Lincoln Riley calling the shots and Caleb Williams the quarterback, the Sooners won six games decided by seven points or fewer. This team played with fire uh, last year and escaped. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year. Of all the new coaches, the high-profile programs, I think Brent Venables is the most likely to underachieve. And there are a lot of coin flip-type games in the Big 12. I think uh, Oklahoma under 9.5 is a, a really strong play. Matt, only 30 seconds before the break here. At trans- mm-hmm. Transfer portal, though, you bring it up. Is Has that been a... How would you assess it? A net positive for your handicapping in, in which you feel like you maybe there's more edges out there for you or a net negative? Yeah, I think they're positive, Gil, because um, if you stay on top of the transfer portal, which is tough to do, I, and, and if you really know the talent, I think you uh, you do have an edge as a handicapper. You have a better feel for which teams made out the best or got hurt the worst by transfers. Yeah, I would imagine that would be the case. If you know your stuff, it can yeah. only be a good thing. Uh, more with Matt Humans on the other side. He's kind enough to hang with us for two segments. We'll talk NFL and uh, have a fast food question for him. I think I... Uh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask him one. That's on the other side. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. As mentioned, the VSIN College Football Guide is out now, and our NFL Guide drops next week. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, though, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become, that's guides plural, is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all-access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only $175 or... Save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. And as mentioned, Matt Humans front and center, uh, doing such a great job on these. And they seem to get just better and better every year. Um, Matt, before we talk uh, NFL, I, I teased before the commercial about wanting to ask you something about fast food. I, I lied. It, it's sort of related to fast food, which is somebody somebody said that you provided this detail here recently um, about that you, while you eat all this fast food, you don't drink sodas. And I have called you, and I say this with, and I'm being serious here, I say this half with amazement, half with the ultimate respect, because I, I, <laughs> I call you a medical marvel. Like, I don't know how you do this, but it, would you say that not drinking soda might be the secret sauce on this, so to speak? Secret sauce? Uh, you know what? That could be a good way to put it. I decided about... I'm going to say about five years ago. Now, I, I drank Cokes, and I've seen you walk into the studio with the Mountain Dew before, which really surprised me because I thought you were more health conscious than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, no. I resemble that I, remark, I, man. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, four or five years ago, I said, you know what? I was reading some stuff about Coke and how unhealthy it is, and I started to think, I'm drinking way too much of this crap, and I drink enough beer, and if I drink all these uh, Cokes, 
and things like that. It's going to make me too fat, especially around the around the belly. So I cut that stuff out. Going to drink more water and uh, iced tea, and I think that's been a, a healthy change, Gil. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, just I think drinking too many cokes is uh, just a net negative. Let's put it that way, and um, I, I think that's been a, a big positive in. Uh, and the changes I've made in terms of the fast food routine is the drinks. It's kind of a it's a it's a under the radar change, but I think it was an important one. It's huge, it's huge. Brian, have you ever had Mountain Dew before? <laughs> they go they go to the mountain and they get the dew off the mountain. I'm told that's why it tastes. Like that's they don't do that. They'll do that. It has to be correct. Right? <laughs> I think so. Otherwise, uh, all right, Matt. Uh, we'll go to the NFL here for a second again. The NFL guide coming out next week, which we're all looking forward to. L- let me sort of I'll frame it this way. What NFL bets do you have that just sort of anecdotally you feel are sort of counter, maybe not even anecdotally, maybe based on price move also, are, are countered to the market or countered to conventional wisdom, would you say? Uh, you know what? I'm going to start with, uh, by the way, I love Mountain Dew, too. Oh, okay. But I just uh, can't drink them like I used to. You know, so I understand. not knocking Mountain Dew. Yeah. That's a great drink. Um, I think Cowboys under is probably one that's a little bit contrarian. There's a, a really sharp better from the East Coast, I know. He was asking me for my plays last week, and I told him uh, the five that I played, the five futures bets I played in the NFL, and he's like, Cowboys, really? Uh, yeah, well, I played Cowboys under 10.5 at minus 145, and that's a bet. I think that number's still a bet MGM as we speak, and a lot of books are at 10 on the market. I don't like this Cowboys team much at all. I think the offensive line's really deteriorated over the last couple of years. Tyron Smith's not the same player he used to be. You just don't uh, you don't have that world greater offensive line that the Cowboys had when the Zeke Elliott was the leading rusher in the NFL. This offense has changed uh, quite a bit, and Zeke is also a step slower. Um, and I don't even think Zeke would be on the roster if it weren't all, for all the guaranteed money on his contract at this point, because Tony Pollard's been a better running back the last uh, couple of years. The Cowboys are thinner at the receiver position. Amari Cooper, I don't think he was uh, as good as media hype, but he's going to be missed. And that's Michael Gallup's not going to be there when the season starts. The Cowboys, I think, are worse on the offensive line, thinner at the receiver positions. And uh, a lot's going to be on Dak Prescott to try to carry that offense. And uh, defensively, I'm not sure the Cowboys' pass rush is any uh, better than average. In the secondary, I think they're going to have coverage issues. Uh, when I look at the Cowboys' schedule as well, and I wrote this up for the VEASAN uh, Pro Football Betting Guide that's coming out, I think, next week, uh, I I'll be, would not be surprised at all if the Cowboys are a, a 500-type of team the entire season and uh, finish somewhere around 9-8. Nine, nine and, and I actually think 10-7 and seven would be a great season for the Cowboys. The schedule's tougher than it was a year ago, and I really like under 10.5 on the Cowboys' win total. Are you one of these guys then, um, sort of connecting this to the Cowboys, are you bullish on the Eagles? Because we hear a lot of that this summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. And I actually started talking about that in May, and uh, that, that was really got me on the anti-Cowboys train as well. But also, I don't like Mike McCarthy. I think he's a buffoon, and he's a, he's a bet against coach. <laughs> as far as the Eagles go, uh, I played the Eagles to win NFC East to plus 185. I think when you look... At the Eagles and Dolphins, <clears throat> this is what you have to do with a young quarterback who's, who's trying to find his way. you got to surround him with as many weapons as possible and put him in a situation to succeed. And that's what the Eagles have done here with Jalen Hurts. I know plenty of people who don't like Hurts. 
that's fine. I don't care. I, I really don't want to be with popular opinion when you're handicapping the NFL. It's fine with me if everybody else hates Hurts. I, I think he's got great leadership abilities. I think he's got playmaking abilities. Yeah, his passing accuracy needs some work. His arm strength is probably a little bit below average. But if you look at the weapons the Eagles have surrounded him with, starting with that trade for A.J. Brown on draft day, uh, it's pretty impressive. And the offensive line, I think, is going to be a top-ten offensive line in the league. Eagles defensively have done a lot to, to build up the defensive front and the corners. I think they got two of the better corners uh, in football. So I actually like the, I like the Eagles quite a bit to be better than the Cowboys. When I was breaking this down, I'm, I'm writing about the NFC East for the betting guide. I like the Eagles at almost every position better than the Cowboys. And I think um, you got some value there. I did play over eight and a half earlier in the summer, but that number's long gone. So I don't even uh, mention that anymore. That's up to nine and a half. Like you said, there's been so much Eagles hype, but yeah. I'm with it. I think the Eagles win that division and the Cowboys are going to be, are going to disappoint a lot of people who have high, high expectations. By the way, are you a preseason better, Matt? What's that? Are you a preseason better by nature? Are you betting these games? Yeah, I actually, I bet uh, four preseason bets so far, two and two. And um, I I did not play the Eagles in the preseason. And I I considered playing against the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy now won five straight up in ATS the last two preseasons. The the injury to uh, to Zach Wilson for the Jets, pardon me, the injury to Zach Wilson. Does that change your your short-term outlook on the Jets at all, or were you already sort of anti-Jets to begin with? You know, it really wasn't pro or anti-Jets. Um, not really sure what to make of them. Probably a little bit more anti-Jets. I, I have a feeling that Zach uh, Wilson's not going to be uh, all that the Jets hope he's going to be. Uh, so I was a little bit more anti-Jets, but as far as that goes, that probably hasn't changed my opinion a lot. I think the numbers been adjusted here where – you're going to see a lot of anti-Jets when he come in at this point, so I'm not going to be on that play one way or another. All right. What other well, – let's go to the AFC uh, mm-hmm. along with the Jets. What, what was your – we talked NFCs. What, what AFC season win plays are your favorites right now? Uh, let's see. I actually have only got a couple season win total plays. The other one I played was the Bears under 6.5. Uh, that's also a bet in MGM. I played that last week at minus 140. I'm convinced the Bears are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, I talked about the Cowboys' offensive line. The Bears are really bad on the offensive line. The Eagles and Dolphins did a lot to help out Jalen Hurts and Tua. What did the Bears do to help Justin Fields? Not much at all. Uh, they just don't have playmakers on that offense. Defense is definitely not going to be as good. I think it's a it's a total rebuild for Matt Eberflus taking over as head coach. I said one positive is Matt Nagy is gone. You could prop up a scarecrow on the sideline, and that would be a coaching upgrade for the Bears this season. Eberflus, <laughs> I think, has got to—he's got to rebuild. They got to—they got to clean the salary cap. That whole situation. I think the Bears are going to use this as kind of a throwaway year and target next year. And when you look at the the roster, man, it needs so much work. It's one of the worst in the league. Uh, the Lions are better. That's the worst team in the NFC North, and I think one of the uh, three worst teams in the NFL as I power rate it right now. So uh, there's going to be uh, – obviously there's been a lot of money coming in anti-Bears here in the past week or two. So that number's changed a little bit, but I like Bears under 6.5. Also played the Ravens to win the AFC North. 
And right now, I think uh, Circa DraftKings has best number on that, a plus 155. Talked about betting the preseason, obviously 21 in a row now for the Ravens, and they don't even have to do it with the starters. They're playing backups. Uh, that's a team that's drafted well. It's a great organization from top to bottom. I like the Ravens in that division. And, uh, Gil, I know we're about out of time, but I played the Colts at 25-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I think that's your sleeper team in the AFC. Uh, I like what Matt Ryan can do and what Carson Wentz couldn't do for that team last year. I, I am with you on being bullish about the Colts. I really do. Obviously, a weak division as well. That'll get them a long way <laughs> towards the, uh, the state of goal. Matt, appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. You bet, Gil. Thanks, man. Matt Humans, everybody. At Matt Humans uh, 24-7 on Twitter. Our senior editor, co-host of The Edge, right here at VEASAN. Coming back, some NFL thoughts from this past weekend. Numbers game, VEASAN, the sports betting network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code VSIN1000 and your first wager's risk free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state of the art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daily boosted odds specials, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you'll find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app. That's the BetMGM app today, or go to betmgm.com and enter bonus code VSIN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offers not available in Nevada or New York. It's Gil Alexander. Brian Ortega in for uh, 
The vacationing Jeff Parlay. We've decided he's on vacation. Yeah, we'll go with that. He'll be here tomorrow, though, right? I believe so. We think? <laughs> Brian's like, I don't know. We'll find out. Yes, I think Jeff Parlay is back tomorrow. But thank you, Brian. Thank you to you, Elliot Bowman, Bowman everybody who's been sitting in that chair uh, in his stead. We get tweets at beating the book. Gary Kincaid, you're right, Gil, on the PGA. Uh, rules official on every on every hole. They have a rules official on every hole. It was his responsibility to see Cam's ball was on the line. Call the penalty at the time of the foul like every other sport. Again, for those who missed the uh, first segment, talking about this just again from a from a sports betting perspective. Five years ago, Lexi Thompson on the LPGA Tour, they did make a change. You can't, We can't have fans calling in and calling these penalties. We got to keep it to our rules officials. We'll change that. We also just cannot compound it by then saying, oh, yeah, you also signed a bad scorecard. So that's why Cam's was only two yesterday. And then for me, it's about the timing. You got to establish it. Whatever it is, if you say it's, by signing the scorecard that day, by the time of the signing of the scorecard that day, by midnight, or what they did yesterday before the tee-off of the next day. I don't think it should be that, but you've got to establish what the rule is on this because otherwise people are making random bets. And again, the, the last thing on this, if you're in bed with, with these sports books, advertising-wise, you do have that kind of responsibility. You made changes before, you could do them again. Roger Kane. Kudos to Matt Humans for sticking with Will Z. I was riding with him until the latest tournament. Talk about jumping off the wagon one stop too soon. At least I had Morikawa top five. Oh, Morikawa gave it a run. He was too bad. He thre- he was threatening. Oh, he that, was right there. That would have been if I had hit the so again, one and done with with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin, our old primetime action crew. If I had gotten the two point seven, I would have come from the depths to beat them. Oh, or at least to beat one of them. Because Sam Burns was floundering. Burns was floundering more. Burns, uh, Matt had Burns. Kelly was good no matter what was wrong. Man, now I got to buy him dinner. That's cool. Just an excuse to go to dinner. Duke of the South. Gil, you go too fast with tennis. Can you repeat or have the producer put them on Twitter? Always interested to see. Well, it is in the newsletter. We do that. By the way, Babyface Assassin has the same complaint. He says, Gil, I've got three. I missed one somewhere. Wolf Dimitrov and Kasatkina. Um, Also... Bill Hooker, my apologies. I had to get a haircut. Can you repeat tennis? Can we repeat tennis for everybody? Can we throw those back up on the screen? Why don't yeah, we, we do, do that. Uh, so it is. It is uh, Daria Kasatkina at plus one hundred six against Amanda Nisimova. Jill Teichman plus one hundred four over Petra Kvitova. John Jeffrey Wolf plus one seventy three over Emil Rusevori. And then, as I mentioned, this fourth one that I played last night, I think, is just way out of whack. Let me let me check on it right now as we're doing this. But I got Grigor Dimitrov at minus 114 last night against Denis Shapovalov. Somewhere Alan Boston, very upset with me right now for betting against Denis Shapovalov. Poor guy. He loves Shapovalov. Um, that price is currently, doing this live, that price is currently minus 139. Yeah, you can't play that anymore. Anything over minus 129, you shouldn't be playing. So it's really the top three. Cassett Kena, Teichman, and John Jeffrey Wolf. Uh, this is from also on Twitter, beating the book. Kenny G. Uh, Morning Gill, are you getting in Survivor this year? When is Chrissy starting Monday guessing lines? Great show. All right, two questions. One, am I getting in Survivor? <laughs> am I getting in Survivor? It's my lifeblood during the football season. Absolutely, I'm getting in Survivor. Still haven't decided how many entries I'm gonna have in the Circus Survivor contest. Only had two last year. I think 
two? No, no, that's a, that's not correct. Two the year before. I think I had more than that last year, but not the full complement. I don't know if I'll go full complement because, again, my point with that is you don't play the others optimally anyway, except for your last one. Uh, Chrissy guessing lines always starts before week two of the National Football League season. The Megapod always starts before week one. This is from uh, Frank from Seven Hills. You must trademark the term medical marvel. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not the first one who's used that phrase before. Uh, three Jack H3131, referring to Matt Humans, by the way, as medical marvel. Someone call the New England Journal of Medicine and tell them about humans, by the way. Three Jack H3131. Hey, Gil, did you uh, come up with a third futures play on the women's side of the U.S. Open? I found your play of Beatrice Haddad Maya at 65 to 1 last week. Now I see 28 to 1 and 29 to 1. If nothing else, I'll have some CLV to spend. Yeah, I, I uh, mentioned on Friday, I have the Ega ticket, Ega Sfiantec, 7 to 1 that I got the night that Ash Barty retired for the U.S. Open. It'll be the last time we ever have an Ega ticket like this, by the way. Uh, 7 to 1. But I added Beatrice Haddad Maya, who lost in the finals in Toronto yesterday to Simona Halep in three sets, got her to win the U.S. Open at 50 to 1. A lot of people got her at 65 to 1, got a better number than I did. The answer is no, I did not add anybody else. But I had mentioned that I had Nick Kyrgios at 12 to 1, and some people were like, hey, I got a 35 to 1, I got 28 to 1. So as I was going out of here on Friday, I started just scanning the apps in town, and the win had a stray 30 to 1 on Curios. So I went across town and I got that, but severely limited. I asked for a number and they're like, hey, we can only give you a quarter of that. I'm like, a quarter of that? Well, what's your next number? Figuring, okay, well, maybe it'll still be a playable number. They went from 30 to 1 to 7 to 1. I was like, okay, thanks. I'll just take what you give me. You should have put a hat on. Oh, like put a, put a mustache yeah, on a or mustache, something? Yeah, mustache, little hat. What about now? <laughs> I'm a totally different person. I'm Alexander Gill, not Gill Alexander. <laughs> That's right. Okay, uh, football this weekend. Again, I'm not a huge preseason better. I also, the main thing is I don't want to sort of extrapolate from preseason and then, like, let it influence me. We talked about that a little with Wishnev on Friday into the regular season. But obviously, Zach Wilson with a knee injury, it is not an ACL. He, It, it is not a full-season injury, but it could keep him out. Uh, meniscus could keep him out of the regular season for the first couple weeks, maybe. Who knows? We'll see what the timeline is. Um, we talked about how when we were doing, uh, Parlay and I were doing last team to be winless. We talked about three teams. The Falcons were plus 450. These are available not in the state of Nevada, but at places like DraftKings and elsewhere, MGM. Um, but I think we were looking at the DraftKings lines. Falcons were plus 450. They were the short shot. But the other two teams we talked about, on the long shot side, we talked about the Chiefs at 100 to 1, just because their schedule is brutal, and 100 to 1 might be a fun bet to have. But the one in the middle we talked about, this was before the Wilson injury, was the Jets, 10 to 1. I don't know what their number is right now. We'll have to check on that. But Because I wonder if the Wilson injury got people betting that as well. Maybe they did after our segment last week, too. But that looks that much more appetizing now for those who want to bet into that kind of market. Uh, the, the three sort of teams with quarterback death chart battles, how did that go this weekend? Again, for those who are interested in betting some season-long things on these teams and might just want to have it in a tidy little nugget here, Steelers. Steelers won 32-25 to week one over the Seahawks. Mitch Trubisky uh, led Pittsburgh on an opening drive. Drive was capped off by a 13-yard touchdown pass. He finished the night 4 of 7 for 63 yards and a touchdown. Oh, that's exciting. Mason Rudolph, entering his fifth season with the Steelers, he picked up where Trubisky left off, went 9 of 15 for 93. 
26-yard touchdown pass to uh, George Pickens, who looked great. Remember, at one, point, at one point, Pickens was like the guy out of Georgia. And then Kenny Pickett, the number 20 pick, uh, another number 20 pick in the draft, uh, he, he went with 95 yards passing, two touchdowns on 13 for 15, and everybody in Pittsburgh was like, give him a job. Anyway, they all, all three of them looked good, Trubisky, Rudolph, and Pickett, so I don't know that that cleared up anything for the Steelers. Uh, as far as the Broncos at quarterback, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Geno Smith, 101 yards passing, 10 of 15, had a two-yard touchdown run. He's 31 years old. I, he still has the edge over Drew Locke, who played well, 11 of 15 for 102. So congratulations. Uh, congratulations, Seahawks fans. You have Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Enjoy. And then there's the Panthers, who won, uh, who beat the Commanders 23 to 21. Baker Mayfield, 4 of 7 for 45. Sam Darnold, uh, th- 2 of 3 for 8. That's exciting. P.J. Walker got most of the playing time. 10 of 19 for 136. Preseason juggernaut, P.J. Walker. 10 of 19 for 136. And then Matt Corral was not good. 1 of 9 for 11. Is that true? Wow. So nothing really cleared up in any of those. Trubisky, Rudolph, and Pickett all played well for the Steelers. Geno and Drew Locke both played well for the Broncos. And the Panthers, it does appear that Baker Mayfield has the edge over Sam Darnold. And P.J. Walker certainly uh, comported himself well to whatever extent that means or whatever for whatever that's worth i should say matt rule says by the way that he won't name a starter for the regular season until after the team's august 19th matchup with the patriots in case you were contemplating a panthers bet uh we'll come back a whole bunch to get to on the other side including what's next brian i can't even remember uh we have west reynolds west reynolds golf again next What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 